Welcome to The Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on The Frontline. Hi folks, Nathan Pierce here with Family Projection Ministries. It is great to be with you here on this Friday, April 28th. And I am excited about some great news that we have. Uh, but before I get into that, I do have some other things to share with you as well. Um, let's start with one thing that I need to get out of the way first. One is that I can't tell you how overwhelmed we have been at Family Protection Ministries over the last couple of months as we've seen an unprecedented number of bad legislative proposals here in Sacramento. Uh, it has been far more than we have ever seen in our 37-year existence here at FPM. And uh, it has been a challenge to sort of triage all of these. And we have had some successes. Don't get me wrong. We've had some victories here and there already this year. And I'm very grateful for, the, for those. Um, God has really been uh, moving before us and prepping uh, legislative staffers to hear from us. Um, I even have a great story that I'll share with you in a little bit um, about a meeting that I had yesterday. Uh, in the midst of all of those little victories, though, we have a huge number of bills that haven't gotten the attention they needed. And uh, part of that is because there's just so many. And um, in order to address all these bills, I need to be able to have the time and the resources to, to deal with the, the legislation. And... So one of the things that I rely on a lot here is uh, the small staff that we have. As you may know, I am the only full-time person here at Family Protection Ministries, and I have a small support staff, part-time staff, and they are excellent. They work hard, and they put in extra hours when needed, and my family also works hard and puts in extra hours when needed. I really appreciate these folks, and I appreciate the many, many donors that have been contributing to FPM for many, many years. Uh, we need you to continue that. But we also need new donors. We need people to support the work of FPM, and we need your help now more than ever. We need new donors and faithful donors to consider uh, increasing their donations and to be giving to Family Protection Ministries to keep us able to do the work that needs to be done here in Sacramento. Please, if you can, I would urge you to consider making a donation to FPM today to keep this work going and to allow me to continue to be training new people to work on legislative uh, proposals that need to be addressed. Uh, I have already been training uh, young, younger uh, people to work on legislation, specifically to analyze legislation and to help write uh, drafts of, of the uh, amendments that need to be proposed. And uh, so I would ask that you would consider that today. So as we get into legislation, I want to start out by reading a, a couple of scriptures. And uh, it's really important that we keep the, the legislative craziness in the context of the big picture. And ultimately, we know that God is eternal. And that's ultimately the big picture, is knowing that God is eternal and he is over all. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the 
the jurisdictions of authority and civil government, family government, and church government. And God is over all of that. And so as we look at legislation, we have to keep in mind that bigger picture. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 40, it says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? It's almost like they're complaining that uh, that God is not hearing them or, or, or listening um, or giving them what they need. But, but listen, verse 28. This is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this is a bit of encouragement to me as well as to you that God is, God is faithful. He is faithful to us. And he is everlasting. He's bigger than all these challenges that we face today. And we need to remember that. We need to remember that he is there and that he's bigger than what we're up against. So uh, one other scripture to remember is Ephesians chapter 6 and beginning in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare him boldly as I ought to speak. I would appreciate any prayers given for not just our freedom, not just for me to be able to speak clearly to those legislators and staffers that I need to speak with, but also that God's word would go forth and that people would come to know him and know the truth and be saved because our God is a God of salvation. All right, let's look at a couple of bills. I find it really important that we address this issue of gender identity, affirming gender identity. Um, we've talked a little bit about this before in previous episodes, but there are several bills that are moving through the legislature right now that are really dangerous to the family, to the family structure. And they're an attack by the California state government on our families and on the design of the family as God established it. And let me get into that. First, I want to mention there's a bill in, in the state of Washington 
that actually has passed through the state legislature that um, is sitting on the governor's desk in the state of Washington. It would, um, it would allow uh, students, uh, kids, minors, to, uh, to get uh, protections when they, they leave their family because they don't feel like their parents agree with them about their gender identity. They can get away from their parents and be protected by the state and be provided care outside of their family's authority. It's really dangerous, um, and that bill is SB uh, 5599, and I would encourage you to just really uh, be praying for that bill and that it would not get signed into law. That's really dangerous. But along that same line, I want to talk about three other bills that are in California today that are moving through our California state legislature that are going in this direction. Uh, AB 665 would require professionals dealing with the treatment or counseling of the minor to consult with the minor before involving the parent or guardian. This bill would allow any minor, 12 or older, to consent to care without the parent's foreknowledge. Existing law does authorize a minor 12 and older to receive mental health services under specified conditions, but this bill would amend section 6924 uh, of the Family Code from whom what kind of and where a minor can receive mental health services. The amendment removes the section allowing a counselor to go to the parents before consulting with the child first. Let me read that again. The amendment removes the section allowing a counselor to go to the parents before consulting with the child first. It will also allow the placement of a minor into a separate home for treatment without consent of the parents. Does that sound scary? It sounds scary to me. So this is in the that's in the context of a of a minor seeking counsel, maybe a school counselor or things like that. But look at this is that was AB six six five. This is SB four oh seven. This next bill, this bill, would add an additional consideration in the placement of foster children. Okay, think the context of foster children getting placed in a home. Right, many Christian families use their home, the resources God has given them, to provide a place for foster children. This bill, SB 407, states that an understanding and acceptance of all varieties of gender identities and orientations must be considered when choosing a home for a foster child. This additional requirement would essentially remove any potential foster parents or families from fostering a child due to their religious views on sexuality and gender identity. This means that a family who has biblical, that holds to biblical principles of sexuality and gender identity would not be allowed because they have to sign a paper saying that they would, uh, they would endorse whatever the child uh, wants to pursue in terms of gender identity and sexuality. It would not allow that family to foster anymore. Not just a specific child, but in general, they would not be allowed to be foster parents, period. This is a scary thing. Now, this is in the context of foster families, but just think what the next step could be. Could it be that your own children could be taken away if they have questions about gender identity and sexuality and challenge their parents? Then the state, maybe they would want to change this to apply to all children that 
is scary. That is the state taking authority over the family and saying, hey, if you disagree with what the state believes is true and right and good, then you don't get to have children in your home. We take them. That's scary. So that's SB 407. AB 957, this bill, if made into law, would take into consideration the parents' stance on gender-affirming language and acceptance of their child's sexual orientation and identity as a factor in deciding custody. So if two parents are disagreeing and there's a custody dispute in uh, a family, then the court would have to take into consideration which parent is going to be more affirming of the child's uh, sexual sexual preferences and gender identity. So these are scary things where we're we're looking at the government taking taking over the authority of the family and saying we will tell you what is right and what you must believe and what you must teach your children and what you must have as a uh, welcoming spirit towards these things in your home. If you do not have this, if you do not welcome this attitude or mindset or set of beliefs in your home, then you will not be allowed to have foster children. And I would add, I submit to you that the next step here is going to be removal of your biological children if the government agents find out that you disagree with their views on gender identity and gender affirming care and sexual preferences and who knows where this could go. You know, it says in Romans that God acknowledges that people throw off the basic principles of what God's design is for the family. And it's very clear what he says will happen. Let me just read you a little bit from Romans. He says right here in Romans chapter 1, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, but who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his external power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So, again, we're reminded of the eternalness of God and the fact that He created all things. In Job, it talks about how God created all of these things, and He reminds Job, just as I created you. So, when we look at how big God is in the context of, of, of the universe and, and that he's bigger than the universe because he, he made the universe so it's obviously smaller than he is. And then we look at 
the attitudes of men that want to take over the authority in an area that God gave to specific people, to a specific design. He made the family what it is, and yet man is saying, no, that design isn't good enough. We can do better. Then that is that is way out of line, and we need to speak up. We need to stand firm and, and address this, because it's, it's an incredible um, arrogance that, that man can do better than God. And in so doing, the way that they're going about doing this and the reasons they're giving for it is because they're, it's coming out of an attitude of suppressing truth and calling God a liar, just like it says in Romans 1. So, uh, as we uh, go from here, what's next? Um, I will put these bill numbers up, and you can take a look at uh, the concerns here with these. They do not address specifically homeschooling, but they address the family, and they are moving, they're encroaching in towards the ability of families to maintain their autonomy, their ability to govern the family and to uh, teach, for us to teach our children and raise them up in a way that honors God. And that threat is coming, and you need to be aware of that. You need to know that that's coming. Um, a little bit, I wanted to share a, a positive story uh, about something that happened this week. Um, a, it's been a very busy week couple of weeks, month, um, but I wanted to share with you, there was a meeting that I had asked uh, last week, I believe, for prayers that we I would be able to get this meeting. Then uh, earlier this week, I asked for prayers that the meeting would go well, that, uh, that people would be receptive. And I have to tell you, I, I wish I could be more specific, but I can't now because I'm uh, right now at the moment because I'm I'm still working with this author's office on details of wording, but we will be able to come out and talk about this um, fairly soon, I'm, I'm confident. But God has really been blessing this every step of the way, and I had a meeting yesterday. It went incredibly well. The um, person that I met with was extremely receptive to uh, the concerns that I had, extremely receptive to the solutions that I had, and extremely receptive to... Uh, getting further help and asking questions about how different things were done. And and it was really amazing how the various questions that came up in this meeting, there were things in the past that I have worked on that I was able to reference because God had, had put Family Protection Ministries in a place of working on various pieces of legislation that these people had actually been aware of and were asking about what about in context of this other bill. And so I was able to provide information about the background of those other bills that they were asking about because I was there and helped write them. And so it's just an amazing way that God has has laid the groundwork for, for things like this meeting that I had yesterday by 10 years ago having me work on some language in a bill that is now benefiting us today as as homeschool families and and God God knew all along what he was preparing and God knew about all of these bills and what they would be used for in the future and who knows in the future 
there's going to be stuff that we do this year, or maybe we've already done, that he's going to use for his glory later on. And this kind of brings me back to the same idea that God is eternal. He's bigger than everything that we're doing, and he sees the big picture. And so as we think about these things, as we pray, God, please help me to know what you would have me to work on. What bill to work on next? Or, God, please help these legislators to see wisdom and to vote no on this bill. Or to accept amendments on it. I think we need to have a sure confidence that God is, is bigger. And it can encourage our hearts. But even apart from that, it honors God when we have that sure confidence that he is eternal, he is over all things, and his word will come true. We can put our trust in him for all of those things. And I think uh, this, this passage here at the end of Jude is an encouragement and goes along with these same principles here. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me today. I hope that you were encouraged but also challenged to engage in the battles that we face today. So, until next time, God bless you and please check out our website for information on how you can get involved. You can look up who your legislator is to give them a call about these bills and definitely stay alert, get on our email list and know what's going on in Sacramento. Thanks so much. Bye for now. What about humility? Do you get legislators asking for prayer for humility? <laughs> uh, well, they'll they'll ask me to pray for somebody else for humility sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, actually, I have had many uh, elected officials tell me that they think that that probably they uh, and their colleagues are really struggling with pride and. And uh, and that they admit that many of them are probably narcissists, where mm. it's really all about them. Yeah, uh, it's interesting to have government leaders. I, I even had a government leader's wife say that. Say, I think they're all narcissists. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, these are people who've stepped up to have an election and go through that whole process and and get everybody to vote for them, and then they get into this position. And now, as you know, the Capitol's an opulent, beautiful building, and they're working in this, this gorgeous setting sometimes, and they're invited out to events where they're wined and dined and treated like royalty. They're around the movers and shakers and, uh, and powerful and rich people, really the richest, most powerful people in our country are around them. They're around, they're around each other. And so, and then they have groupies, which I didn't know until I got into this arena, but just like movie stars have people who follow them around, government leaders do. They have groupies who want to be around them, who want their autograph. And, and sometimes it's lobbyists just trying to 
butter them up, but but there's people flirting with them, and there's all kinds of dynamics and that go to their head, and they, and they'll admit that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many times. Um, one time we were in our legislators' Bible discussion group, and and a legislator said, you know, the big problem here, Frank, is when we get elected to office, we're treated like royalty, and it goes right to our heads. Right. And and no one argued around the table. We had a whole group of elected officials, and no one argued against it. They, they see it happening either in their own heart or in the hearts of those they know. And that can really affect them in a difficult way. One legislator told me, he said, as soon as I was elected to office, it was as if I suddenly became smarter, funnier, and better looking. <laughs> and, and, and so we pray for them that God will keep them humble. And that's a work of God. Sometimes he'll use problems and difficulties to get their attention. And I've learned to actually thank God sometimes when they go through a hard time, because I know some of them need that reminder that they need to look to the Lord and they need to call on him. So God can use the difficulties sometimes to draw them to him and give them that humility. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, Check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.